Welcome to the old radio. The the old radio. The old the old. Ra- It's the old radio comedy podcast. It's episode 79 of season 2 in time for another classic comedy radio show from the golden age of radio. And it's time for a special Hump Day Happy Hour edition of the podcast, featuring two back-to-back episodes of a great radio comedy show. Specifically, Meet the Meeks. Meet the Meeks began on WMAQ radio station in Chicago and ran on NBC radio from 1947 to 1949. It starred Forrest Lewis as Mortimer Meek, the brow-beaten husband to his wife Agatha, played by Fran Allison, and father to daughter Peggy, played by Beryl Vaughn. Uncle Louie, played by Cliff Soubier, and their maid Lily, played by Elmira Rossler, rounded out the cast. The show was actually a continuation of the show Meet Mr. Meek, which ran from 1940 to 1942 on WMAQ. So sit back and relax for the September 6th and November 1st, 1947 broadcasts of Meet the Meeks. The National Broadcasting Company invites you to Meet the Meeks! Yes, friends, once again, you're invited to meet the Meeks, the Mortimer Meeks, who live on Elm Street in Civic Center. Well, it's mid-morning in the little white house with the green shutters, and Peggy Meek is sitting on the front porch looking at the Metropolitan News and thinking. Her friend Jill Donovan greets her at the gate. Hiya, Peg. What's doing, stewing, or brewing? Jill, come on up. I just had a sensational idea. In that case, I'll stay on this side of the gate. Every time you have an idea, I get in trouble. And this morning, I feel like being just a happy, carefree child. Well, stop acting like a bird brain and come on up here on the porch. This flash is out of this world. I know of your flashes. Oh, well, we haven't been in the soup for almost two days. Sit down next to me here on the swing and look at this article in the Metropolitan News. I am sitting and I am looking. Jill Donovan, don't you see? I am seeing. Younger set of Metropolis Dark State Bureau. Enterprising youngsters set up clearing house for social engagements. Charge commissions for setting up boy meets girl business. Well, you know, we can do the same thing here in Civic Center. There's a fortune in it. We'll be rich. Peggy, it has been charming to visit with you this morning. Thank you for your hospitality and goodbye. I think I hear my mother calling. Oh, no. Oh, Peg, meet let go of my arm. You sit still and hear me until I finish. Now, do you or do you not want to make a lot of money? I do. Also, I wish to live in peace and happiness with my parents, a Mr. and Mrs. Donovan. And I particularly do not wish my father, Mr. Donovan, to keep looking at me and shaking his head. All I can see in the future if we start a date bureau is trouble. And my father's dirty looks. Oh, it would be wonderful to have my father smile at me. Or just ignore me. My idea will make your father proud of you. And my mom and pops will be proud of me, too. You see, Jill, we're going to specialize in getting escorts for adults. But who do we know that's adults? I mean, besides our parents. And other old married people. Well, there's my Uncle Louis. Oh, the only candidate your Uncle Louis would be interested in would be with a steak and a French fried onion. <laughs> and there's your Aunt Harriet. My Aunt Harriet is ancient. She's 25. Well, maybe we'll get a request for an ancient lady. Uh-uh. Well, Peggy, it has been charming to visit with Will you... you go with me in partnership if my parents approve, will you? Mm, well... Come on. We'll ask Mom and Pops, and if they approve, we'll launch our new business. The Civic Center Escort Bureau, Incorporated. Now, Peggy and Jill, let's have one thing understood before we go any further. You two are not to go around the neighborhood with things to sell. Well, yeah, exactly. No, no soap, seeds, sandwiches, or selling of any kind. Oh, but Pops, Jill and I aren't going to sell anything, are we, Jill? We are. I mean, we are. Honestly, parents, 
Our new business will be of great and lasting service to the entire community. Uh, but, Peggy, dear, just what is this service going to be? Oh, Mom, we couldn't divulge our business secrets. We couldn't tell even you, could we, Jill? Oh, golly, no. Why, Peggy says, we couldn't even tell our best friends. And our business is going to fill a community need. People will love us for it. Why, we're going to make everybody in Civic Center happy and gay and cheerful. Well, if that's what you're going to do, Nisi, you can start right in on your Uncle Louie. <laughs> Say, you know just what happened to me just now? I sort of dozed off while I was thinking, and I dreamed I was walking through a big steak orchard. In barefoot? Oh, shy. A great, big, juicy steak, medium rare, hanging from the branches. I reached up to pick one, the branch broke, and doggone, I fell out of bed. Well, now, Louie, maybe your next dream will have steaks growing out of the ground, like cabbages, and you won't have to reach. (laughs) Say, that's an idea. (laughs) And here's another. How about you lending me a couple of bucks, Morty? I I just feel like ambling down to Joe's for a little snack. Uh, mm, No, Uh, go back to sleep, Louie. Your dreams are more economical. (laughs) Okay, tightwad. Sis. No, Louie, Mortimer's right. Take a nap. Maybe you'll sleepwalk into the kitchen. There's some cold beef in the refrigerator. Thanks, but I ate that when I got up. Well, I guess I'll go down to Joe's anyway. If I sit there long enough, it makes Joe nervous, and he puts me on the cuff. So long. Mother. Oh, I forgot. Run along, dear, and you too, Jill, and have fun playing your little game. My father's typewriter. He's very fussy about his typewriter. I'm being careful. So, if you are unhappy eating alone, just call the Civic Center Escort Bureau. Now, I'll just type in our telephone number at home. There. We will supply you with a charming eating companion. Our escorts all have fine table manners and will either converse with you or remain silent during the meal, just as you wish. Also, assorted escorts for dancing, driving, walking, and so forth. There, how's that? Oh, it sounds pretty good. All except the walking escorts. Who are they? My Uncle Louie. Mom says he's too fat and that he's got to reduce, so he might just as well get paid for walking and make us some money, too. Imagine, your Uncle Louie making money for anybody. <laughs> Back if we can tack up one of our ads in her restaurant. He's busy, can't you see? <clears throat> Besides, she won't care because our escort girl will be good for her business. Mm-hmm. Peg, did it ever occur to you that every time we start out to do good for someone, we don't do so good ourselves? Advertisements here in the railroad deeper, Mr. Munster. Oh, sure, it's all right. Glad to do it, Peggy. Yeah, might stir up some excitement around the old town. <laughs> hey, how's your folks? Oh, Mom and Pops are just fine, thank you. Mm-hmm. And your Uncle Louie? I say your Uncle Louie? <laughs> Is he still complaining about money? Oh, Mr. Leach never complains about money. Except when Mr. Meek doesn't give it to him. Doesn't get it? That's pretty nifty, Jim. <laughs> That's pretty nifty. <laughs> Louis Leach ought to be pretty high up on your list for the escort bureau, though. As an eating escort. Say, <laughs> as an eating escort. <laughs> that man sure can eat. Yes, sir. Louis is a living example of the survival of the fattest. I say. <laughs> You get it? I say survival of the fattest. <laughs> Mr. Leach is so fond of food. The pinups in his room are all of T-bone steak. Uh, that'll do, Jill. Well, thanks a lot for letting us put up our ads, Mr. Munster. Come on, Jill. We've got work to do. <laughs> Hurry, Jill. We've still got to put up an ad at the bus station. Okay. Gosh, Peg. Wouldn't it be wonderful if Van Johnson came to Civic Center? <laughs> Golly, how oh, I'd love to go out with him again. Again? Oh, yes. Once before, I felt like I'd like to. Go ahead, Jill. Read your list and I'll check it against mine. We want to be sure we put our escort bureau advertisements in every good place in Civic Center. Oh, here goes. 
Uh, Green's Drugstore. Check. Olmstead's Undertaking Home. Uh, Peg, do you really think Olmstead... You never know where business will come from. <laughs> Olmstead's. Check. Next. Uh, Jim's Barbershop. Uh, check. The Bonton Mode... Uh, oh, no, no, no. They were watching the front of the store. And, uh... uh Bonton Mode. Uncheck. Mm, the railroad station, the hotel, the Bijo. Check, check, check. Well, Jill, I think we've pretty well covered Civic Center. Now all we have to do is to go home to my house and sit down and wait for the weary, lonesome travelers to call us up on the telephone and we begin making dates. And coining money. I wonder how Peggy and Jill are doing in their new business, Mortimer. Okay, well, by this time, dear, they've thought up and discarded a dozen new ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the refreshing part of childhood. You don't actually have to do anything about anything. It's enough of if you just think about something. I suppose you're right. Mortimer, hmm? you don't think Peggy is irresponsible, do you? Oh, well, I, I think our daughter is a charming, beautiful, and intelligent young woman, and that she inherits all of her mother's attributes. Why, <laughs> Mortimer, how nice. And I'm very grateful also that our daughter does not take after certain members of the family on her mother's side. I heard that crack, I... Morty. I heard that. <laughs> and I think it's sneaky of you to say things like that behind my back. Now, Brother Louis Mortimer was only joking, weren't you, dear? Why, of course. I knew you were out in the kitchen all the time, Louie. Well, okay. But I don't like them kind of jokes. Besides, I was working in the kitchen. Hmm. Oh, really? What were you working on, Louie? Well, sir, it's like this. I got an idea that'll make us rich. Uh, that'll be a pleasant change. It's about a, it's about a sandwich. Ah, uh, yes, subject near and dear to your heart. Uh, yeah. Now, March. Yes? Now, you take the average sandwich, and what have you got? A sandwich. Yes, you got a sandwich. No! <laughs> You got a couple of slices of bread with some ham or cheese or egg salad or whatever in between. Well? 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 Okay. You put the filling in the sandwich and you start to eat it. What happens? The filling squeezes out from between the two pieces of bread. It gets on your fingers. It dribbles on your necktie. No matter how hard you try, it keeps slipping out. Yeah, well, that, that, that's awful. Not only that, but it's unscientific. <laughs> well, go, go on, Professor. Well, you see, with the Louis Leak sandwich, you eliminate the waste. What about the waistline? Oh, shush! Yes. Oh. <laughs> As I was saying, now you have the pieces of bread that fit over each other like a box. Mm -hmm. One piece of bread is bigger than the other. Naturally. Yes. It's got size on it, and it fits over the other piece of bread and holds the sandwich filler in good and tight. Oh, yeah. really? Well, I presume you've been busy out in the kitchen baking the oversized loaves with the sides on them? Wait a minute, Marty. Oh. I'll handle this. Mm -hmm. Besides, uh, I'm just in the early stages of my experiment. <laughs> I just made a half a dozen or so of the sandwiches with regular bread and tried to bend the sides down, but, mm -hmm. well, it don't seem to work so good. Don't? Hey, were the sandwiches good, Louie? Yeah, they were all right. I... Now, look at here, Marty. <laughs> Are you belittling me again? Oh, no, no, Louie. I knew that like the true scientist you are, you wouldn't let the experiment go to waste. Oh, I get it. Will you please, Mortimer? Uh, yes, dear. Mm. Hello. Yes. I... What? Well, I don't understand. Am I available right now for a walking tour of Civic Center? <laughs> what? Could I point out to places of historical interest and have lunch afterwards? Hey, Marty. Well, I, I'm afraid you have the wrong number. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, quiet. Uh, no, 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 no trouble at all. Uh, goodbye. Oh. My gracious, Agatha. That was the strangest thing. Well, who was it, dear? Make it good, Marty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Agatha, dear, it, it was a woman. She must have had the wrong number. Yeah. She, she wanted somebody to escort her around Civic Center and point out the places of interest. <laughs> and Agatha wanted me to have lunch with oh. her. Well, I declare the poor soul. Why didn't you ask her to come over here? Yeah. <laughs> We'd love to meet your lady friend, Morty. Lloyd, <laughs> she was not my lady friend. Oh, shut Now, stop it, you two. People do call wrong numbers, Louie. This lady probably got ours by mistake. Yes. Although, come to think of it, it is strange. Oh, don't look now, Pa. 
said, but America's number one goon boy, Elmer Nelson, is crossing the street. Acting different, Jill. It'll discourage him. How indifferent can you get? Personally, for me, Elmer Nelson does not exist. Oh, hiya, Peggy. You going toward home? I am, too. Can I walk with you? Changed your mind, Elmer? You were headed downtown. I was talking to Peggy, Jill. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> we're not going home, Elmer. We're on an errand. Uh, a business errand. Oh, can I help? I'll be glad to help, Peggy. I haven't anything to do. Nothing at all. I'll be glad to help. Oh, thank you, Elmer. But this errand, it's a... It's sort of a secret errand, isn't it, Jill? Oh, like she says, it's a secret errand. And private. Oh. Well... Well, I'll be going, Peggy, but I'll be home after. I'm just going to hang around the house, so if you should want me to come over or, or anything. Oh, well, oh, there, that's sweet of you, Elmer. <laughs> Real sweet. Well, bye, Peggy. Bye. Ah, uh, goodbye, Elmer. Oh. Hmm. Now, that's what I call a real brilliant conversational type of fella. Oh, Elmer's all right. He's just, he's just adolescent. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of two-headed. <laughs> hey, I'm getting hungry, aren't you? Oh, I sure am. Golly, we've done a lot of work today. Oh, we sure have. When do you think we'll start getting calls for escorts? Oh, I don't know. In a few days, I suppose. After all, we just put up our advertisements, and it takes a little while before word gets around. Well, hello, girls. <laughs> How's business? Oh, hello, Mr. Munster. We didn't see you coming along. Yeah, well, that's because I'm an old heel and toe walker. Yeah. Did you ever hear about the big race I was in at the county fair in 1903? Oh, sure. I was in fine condition. <laughs> yeah. The starter's gun went bang, and off we went. Heel and toe, heel and toe. Oh, you should have seen it. But did you win? No, I healed when I should have toed and lost by a foot. <laughs> I say I lost by a foot. <laughs> I hear. Uh, well, why aren't you two at home? Oh, should we be? Why? Well, uh, ten eighteen came in from the city an hour and two minutes late. Usually comes right in on the dot, one hour late. Yeah, lots of strangers got off. Looked like they's coming to Civic Center for a convention or something. I said convention or something. Uh, I give your business a little boost. You did? Mm-hmm. Made quite a nice little speech, if I do say Ooh. it myself. Oh, that was real nice of you, Mr. Munster. Real nice. Yeah, I told the folks all about your escort bureau. Showed them your advertisement that you tacked on a bulletin board. Oh, how wonderful. Yeah. Hey, a couple of the folks, uh, ladies, was interested right off. Oh, yippee. Yeah. Headed right for the station telephone and calls your house. Wonderful. Gee. Huh? Did you say a few people have already called my house, Mr. Munster? Why, sure thing. Ladies. <laughs> I let them in the station office to use the telephone myself. Gulp. Oh, double gulp. I think I hear my mother calling me. Yeah. Well, girls, I got to be on the way. If Mrs. Munster's got the vittles on the table, puts them on prop and expects me to be there and take them off. <laughs> I say, take them off. <laughs> well, good luck. I'll be plugging you new business every chance again. Mom and Pops don't know anything about the telephone call. Why, the escort bureau. They won't know what it's all about. They'll be mystified. Oh, when they get unmystified, they'll get mad. Oh, I think I hear my mother calling me. Jill Donovan, I'll be sensible. You're telling me. Oh, Peg, what are we going to do? Go right home to my house and listen in at the living room window. Then? Then we'll find out how bad it is and what sort of a dire and drastic punishment to expect. Oh, yikes. You know, Peggy, sometimes I sure wish I didn't live right across the street from you. <laughs> Uh, Mortimer, I don't understand. Oh, well, believe me, Agatha, I'm just as mystified as you are. <laughs> I'll bet. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea who these ladies are or how they happen to call our phone number. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Mortimer, one lady might be a, a mistake. Uh, two ladies might call the wrong number, but... You're right, I... sis, you're right. <laughs> All those calls couldn't have been a mistake. Morty... Are you sure it wasn't the same tomato calling back? Well, no, no, they were all the same. Now, Louis Leach, I'll thank you to keep your insinuations to yourself. I'm only trying to protect my little sister, Agatha. Yeah, well, your little sister has all the protection she needs from her husband in me. Could be, could be. <laughs> but it looks mighty suspicious. Now, Louis, you stop that. I, I know Mortimer is completely innocent. Yeah, thank you, dear. Still, it's... It is strange. Yes, it sure is. Uh, but, uh, now, I get to, Oh, sit still, sit still. I'll put an end to this nonsense right now. 
Hello. If this is the Meek residence, and this is Mortimer Meek speaking. I'm sick and tired of this bum joke, and I do not wish to go on a walking tour or for an automobile ride or to the movies or to lunch. I'm very happy with my wife, and I want you to die. Oh, my gracious. What? Oh. <laughs> Hello, Mrs. Beale. I, I, I mean to say it, it, it was a mistake. Oh, yes, a mistake. Well, explain it. Oh, but Mrs. Beale, I, I didn't mean to shout at you. No, I, I was shouting at somebody else. <laughs> what? Oh, but I didn't mean to insult you, Mrs. Beale. <laughs> yes, I know you're Agatha's best and oldest friend. Well, I, I didn't mean oldest, no. <laughs> Wait a minute, I'll put Agatha on. Agatha, here, she'll explain to you. What? Oh, no. Oh, please, Mrs. Beale, if you'll just let me explain to... No, she wouldn't. She hung up. Oh, Mortimer, this is just terrible. Yes? First this awful thing with these strange women, and now Annie Beale, it'll be all over town. I'll handle this, Aggie. Morty? Yeah? Confess. Confess? Tell us everything about that woman that you're in trouble with. I know how to handle that kind of a woman. Oh, Mortimer. Come on, make a clean breast of it, Morty. I'll help you get out of it for my sister's sake. Now, look, for little Peggy's sake. Well, Mort, we're awaiting. If this is the end, a man can only take so much. You left me at that telephone. Mortimer, now what are you going to do? Call the police. The police? Yes, the FBI. J. Edgar Hoover himself, if necessary. I'm not going to sit still and have my life ruined, my marriage destroyed, and my family broken up without lifting a finger. Whoever it is that's doing this will learn that they've got a bear by the tail when they start to monkey with Mortimer Meek. Peggy Meek, you let go of my arm. Now, Jill, cut it off. You're in this just as much as I am. I know. I should have stayed on the other side of your gate this morning. Oh, what do we do now? I'm thinking. You always are. That's the trouble. We heard the way things turned out when we listened in on Mom and Pop. Mom thinks Pops has got a girlfriend who keeps calling him. And your Uncle Louie is convinced that he has. But Pops hasn't. That's good. But if he and your mom find out that we started everything, that's bad. <laughs> this is the end. The bitter end. Unless we do something about it. <laughs> I've got an idea. Oh, not another one, please. Jill, we can't be any worse off. And we can try, can't we? Try what? Elmer. Elmer Nelson, that drip, what could he do? He could buy the Civic Center Escort Bureau from us. Buy it? Sure, then he'd be owner and responsible for everything. Oh, but Peg, why should he? Jill Donovan, sometimes I think you should be a boy, you're that dumb. Why is Elmer always hanging around me? Because he's smitten. <gasps> oh! Exactly. Come on, Jill, we're about to go out of business. <laughs> But golly, Peggy, I don't know if I want to have a business and everything. Elmer Nelson, do you or do you not want to get ahead in this world? Or do you or do you not want to grow up from a little drip to a big drip? Well, golly, sure I want to get ahead. You could use one. And do you or do you not want to be a success? Or do you just want to be an unknown goon? Gosh, Peggy, sure I want to be a success. Very well. Then I hope you've got sense enough to realize that Jill and I are giving you the chance of a lifetime. Besides... You do want to be my friend, don't you? You do want to be Peggy's friend, don't you, Elmer? Her very personal friend. <laughs> Golly, Peggy. Well, you know I'd rather be her friend more, more than anything else in the whole world. Oh, well, very sweet. Real sweet. Well? Well, okay, I guess. Only I haven't got any money, uh, hardly. Oh, don't you worry about the money one little bit, Elmer. Because Jill and I like you, we'll sell you the Civic Center Escort Bureau on credit. You can pay us so much a week. Oh, just any old week, Elmer. Gosh, any old week. Uh-huh. But you have to promise to do something right now. It's very important. Extremely important. You have to promise to go right downtown to every place on this list and tell them you're the owner of the Escort Bureau. Tell them it's called the Elmer Nelson Escort Bureau. Now, that sounds real nice and dignified and personal. And when you get to each place on this list... Change the telephone number on the advertisement from our number to your number. Now, have you got everything straight? The Elmer Nelson Escort Bureau and your telephone number. Oh, I've got it, Peggy. And Peggy. Yes, Elmer? If I make a success out of the Escort Bureau, could I sometimes, that is, 
I mean you. Oh, no. We'll see, Elmer. We'll see. I'll have to check with my parents. Besides, I uh, I might not be going out for a while. It depends. Depends on what? On how successful you are, Elmer, <laughs> and how soon you get started. Now, good luck, Elmer, and get busy like a little beaver. <laughs> to go in. Couldn't we write your parents a note explaining it all? We have to go in, Jill. Now, now, stop shaking yourself to pieces. We have nothing to worry about. Oh, that's what I keep telling myself. And that's what I keep trying to believe. Let me do the talking. Oh, gladly. Smile and be cheery. Oh, I am. Oh, golly. Am I a liar? Well, here goes. Nothing. Hello, Terrence. Uh, I'm here. And uh, so is Jill. <laughs> I'm here, too. Yes. Well, young woman, we're glad you finally decided to come home. Well, now, Mortimer, don't be too hard. Oh, I think I hear my mother calling. Be quiet, Jill. Don't make it any worse. Oh, can it be worse? You, well, daughter? Well, Peggy? Trap. Are you both talking about the same thing I'm thinking about? We are not mind readers, Peggy. That's what my father always says. Peggy, we want to know the truth. We've had a terrible day. Oh, I'm sorry, Mother. Oh, I'm sorry, too, Mrs. Me. It started out with the telephone ringing. People kept calling up here. Yeah, women kept calling up. They all wanted escorts. Yeah, and your Uncle Louis thought it was the same woman. And that I knew her. And that I would... Uh, oh, my gracious, this was embarrassing. Oh, I know what you mean, Mr. Me. Oh, but, Father... And then my friend Annie Beale called, and your father insulted her. Yes, I... No, I did not insult Mrs. Beale. Well, at least she thought your father insulted her. But, Mother... Why, this place has been like a madhouse. Your Uncle Louie and I had a misunderstanding. And Brother Louie has gone to look for a room. Oh, Thank but goodness. Mother, I can explain. Well, you hardly have to, Peggy. Mr. Munster called. Mr. Munster... Gulp. Yes. Mr. Munster called from the station and told us all about your Civic Center Escort Bureau. Oh, Mother, why don't you call your daughter? Peggy, I'm disappointed in you. Terribly disappointed. And I'm provoked. Very provoked. And I'm miserable. Well, Peggy? As your mother just said, well? Mom, Pop, we meant well, didn't we, Jill? Oh, we meant very well. We didn't mean to make you both unhappy. We wanted you to be real happy. And we didn't mean for Uncle Louie to leave. We're both very fond of Uncle Louie. And now we've caused all this trouble. And worse, we've got Elmer Nelson in trouble. Elmer Nelson. Oh, and we're sorry. And we know we deserve to be punished. Speak for yourself, Peg. So, go ahead. We're ready. Come right in, Chief Benson. Okay, Louie, lead the way. Chief Benson? Oh, Mother. Oh, please, Mr. Meek, don't turn us over to the police. Aggie, Marty. Oh, say, we got company. Oh, there they are. I see them. Oh, Louie, you shouldn't have gone to the police. But really, Louie, this can be handled right here. Why, That's yes. where you're wrong, Mr. Meek. Huh? After what these young women have done, oh. this is a matter for all of Civic Center. All of Civic Center? All of it? Indeed it is. I am here first as chief of the police force, oh. and second as secretary of the Civic Center Boosters Club. Peggy, Jill, allow me to congratulate you. Congratulate us? Does that mean we don't have to go to jail? Well, I'm afraid I don't understand. Yeah, well, I'm a little baffled myself. Aggie, Morty, the kids have done it. Stood Civic Center on its ears. The Booster Club realizes what a great thing the Escort Bureau would be for the town. <laughs> and they've taken it over. Right, Chief? Right, Louis. <laughs> and I'm going to be the honorary secretary. Well, I never. And neither did I. None of us have. The whole town's buzzing. Why, down at the Boosters, we figure it'll help business, get the town publicity, and put us right on the map. Yes, sirree, this is a big boost for Civic Center. You can sure be proud of your daughter, folks. And little Jill. They can. Oh, save from prison bars. Yeah. Well, now, this puts a completely different face on things, Ed, doesn't it, dear? Well, it certainly does. Why, to think that you two thought this wonderful thing up by yourself. Mm, out of our own little heads. <laughs> Jill, the goon boy. Oh, yikes, come on. Where are you going, dear? Over to Elmer Nelson's house, Mother. We've got a business appointment, haven't we, Jill? Oh, a, a very big business appointment <laughs> with a rising young executive who is going to be demoted. Oh, say, that reminds me. How about a lift back downtown, Chief? Come along, Louie. I can use some ballast. Well, Brother, where are you going? Uh, to keep a dinner date, sis. 
I'm working for the escort bureau. <laughs> At last, I have the kind of a job that I'm cut out for. <laughs> Mr. Meek is played by Forrest Lewis, Mrs. Meek by Fran Allison, Peggy by Beryl Vaughn, Jill by Mary Frances Desmond, and Louie by Cliff Subir. Others on today's performance were Alan Price and Boris Aplon. Meet the Meek is written and directed by Les Weinrod. Be sure to join us again next Saturday over these same stations when the National Broadcasting Company again invites you to Meet the Meeks. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. get my car started. Oh, poor old Bessie. Now, please start for Mortimer. Here. Oh, excuse me, Bessie. Here comes Dr. Permish. Peggy's room head at school. Uh, hello, there, Dr. Permish. Ah, a talking automobile. Yeah. Interesting phenomenon. How do you do, motor vehicle? <laughs> no, no, no. It's not the car talking, Dr. Permish. It's, uh, it's I. Who? Me, the father of one of your students, Peggy Meek. Oh, how do you do, Peggy? How do you do, Doc? No, 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 Doctor. Peggy's a little girl. She's my father. Oh. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm her father. Uh, sounds more reasonable that way. Yes. Well, I'm certainly having trouble with Bessie. Your daughter? It's my car. Oh. Yes, I'm thinking of trading her in. Your daughter? Yeah. No, no, my car. Oh? Yes, you see, she keeps complaining that her boyfriends don't like her. Your car? No, no, daughter. If Agatha says it, I ought to get rid of her. Agatha? You're my mother. No, 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 her mother, her mother. My gracious. But look, you see, Peggy's mother thinks that I ought to get rid of her. The car. The car. Yes, the car. No, look, Peggy thinks I ought to get rid of her, too. The car. The car. No. Look, and my brother-in-law... You see, you've got me doing it, Dr. (laughs) Fermish. And my brother-in-law, Louis, thinks so, too. And what do you think? I think we ought to get rid of Louie. Say, I know a place you could get a nice price for Louie if you drove him in on the hoof. Oh, <laughs> say, wouldn't he look nice, though, on a plate with an apple in his mouth? <laughs> the National Broadcasting Company invites you to listen to your favorite radio family. Folks, meet the meat. <laughs> Yes, friends, once again, you're invited to Meet the Meeks, the Mortimer Meeks who live on Elm Street in Civic Center. Well, things are happening in front of the little white house with the green shutters this morning as Mortimer coaxes his old car, Bessie, to start. Standing by and looking on is Peggy's room head at school, Dr. Furman. Oh, goodness, Dr. Furman, I've just got to find some way to get Bessie started. Your... My car, yes. You know, the whole family's been after me lately to trade her in on a new second-hand car. New second-hand car? Hmm. Mr. Meek, you speak an extremely interesting, bent English. Yeah. Well, the family's after me because of the way Bessie's acting up. Acting up. At her age, it's... Shame on you, Bessie. You know, she gave me good service for years, Doctor. Now, I guess it's the end of the road for her. Excuse me, Mr. Meek. She seems to be running all right now. Huh? I can scarcely hear the motor. Well, I haven't even got her started yet. Oh, well, that could be one explanation. Yes. Well, I'll try her again. Yes. 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 Up, Bessie. Up, up, and away. <laughs> mm. uh, I don't think it'll help, though. She just doesn't seem to understand me anymore when I speak to her. Why not try one of the dead languages? A little Latin, perhaps. Mobile perpetuum. Well, what does that mean, Dr. Furmish? Perpetual motion, sir. The one thing your car does not seem to have any of. Oh, the dangling particle, Dr. Furmish. Oh, I was a cat. <laughs> oh, gracious, though, I can just see the end for Bessie, Doctor. There she is, standing alone and forlorn in a junkyard, in the autumn of her life, just as the leaves are beginning to fall. Excuse me, Mr. Meek, those aren't leaves falling. No? No, they're fenders. 
She just doesn't have that new look. Besides, not that I'm complaining, but the kids at school do razz me about the car. And Mother... What do they say about your mother? Oh, no, no. Oh. oh I, I suppose I shouldn't tell you this, Dad, but the reason Mother's been taking the bus to a Tuesday club meeting is that she's ashamed of the car. What? Agatha ashamed? Oh, poor old Bessie. And furthermore, she... Golly, Daddy, here comes Mother. Oh, oh, Bessie, now you've just got to start now. If you don't, you're done for. Well, I guess I'll have to do it, old girl. Bessie, here comes Agatha. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, golly, Daddy, that did it. Well, I'm sorry to scare you like that, Bessie, but it's for your own good. (laughs) Hop in, Peggy. How are you? Yeah, and please now, don't mention the motor maniac. Motor maniac. Oh, now, Agatha, dear, the car up ahead's two blocks away, and the little girl's across the street, and the dog is walking in the opposite direction. Well, just the same. Be careful. The car is old, you know. Oh, well, now, Bessie's not so old. <laughs> hey, hey, watch where you're going, you, you reckless, you reckless. Well, that's telling him, Daddy. Daddy, can't you coax just a little more speed out of Bessie? I'm supposed to meet the girls at Green's Drugstore, and if you could go just a little faster... He maybe... can, Nisi, but the car can't. Oh, <laughs> I don't think you've got much right to talk, Louie, the way you drive. Always watching the girls instead of the traffic lights. <laughs> but, Aggie, if I whistle at the traffic lights, people will think I'm crazy. <laughs> Look out, Mortimer. Yes? Here comes another car. You. Oh, my gracious, you're right. And there's a woman driving it, too. Well, give her half the road. Well, I will, dear, just as soon as she decides which hat she wants. Oh, hello, Mrs. Felton. Mrs. Felton. Why, she didn't answer me. She snubbed me. And do you know why, Mortimer? No, dear. He said as if he didn't know what was coming. It's because of this horrible old wreck you make me ride around in. Oh, now, Agatha, Bessie's not as bad as all of that. Now, is she, Peggy? Well, Dad... She isn't much like the new car. I'll say she ain't. I've seen cement mixers with a lot more class and two more cylinders. Now, Louie, this car has plenty of service in her yet. Oh, plenty of service. Listen, Morty, why don't you take the padlock off your pocketbook and get a car with doors on the side instead of one in the back? Oh, but... Louie, I just can't afford a new car. Mortimer, meet that isn't the reason at all, and you know it. 
It's because you actually like this old thing. Sometimes I think you care more for this car than you do for me, don't you? Well, why don't you say something? Uh, no, no, Agatha. You're much nicer than Bessie. Oh, don't be sensitive, Bessie, now, please. I knew it. I knew it. She's gasping for breath again. Mortimer, if we break down again in the middle of town and have everybody laughing at us, I, I'll leave you. Unless you get a new car. Oh, Agatha, now, you don't really mean that. No, not really. Yeah. Well, I mean it. I will leave. What did you say, Louis? I said I'd leave, too. Uh, hey... Why did you make me repeat that? Oh, I don't know. I guess I just enjoyed the sound of it. I don't like the way you said that. Uh, gracious, Louis. Please, now, don't shout so loud. Bessie's wiring system's awful sensitive. Oh, gee, Dad, look. There's Jill in their brand new car. Mm-hmm. Hiya, Jill. Gosh, she looks happy and comfortable. Happy and comfortable. Yes. Mrs. Donovan's been gloating about it for a week. You should have heard her at the club meeting last Tuesday. Our new car has this, and our new car has that. What's our car got, I'd like to know? Open cough with a touch of asthma from the sound of it. So no wonder Bessie's coughing. It's, it's cold out today. Oh, yeah? Well, listen to me, Morty. You've got to get a new car or else. You're ruining the whole family's reputation with this junkie jalopy, this rusty rattletrap, this... Weezer and wheels. Now, Louis, stop. Oh, beaten mousetrap, this worn-out wheelbarrow. There. I hope you're satisfied. Now, look what you did. Bessie, stop. You insulted her. <sighs> All right, everybody else. This is as far as she goes. Uh, this doggone burned-out old gas. <laughs> oh! Oh! No! Oh! Uh, it served you right, Louis, for kicking Bessie. Yeah. Well, Mortimer, I warned you what I'd do if this car broke down again. Oh, but Agatha, I think I can fix her. I've got a genius for fixing Bessie. Well, you'd better call him up and have him fix her. As far as I'm concerned, this car is beyond repair. But Agatha... I'm going on downtown. On foot. I shall never set foot in this car again. Me either. Oh, oh, my foot. Oh, come, Louie. We'll walk down together. All right. Pretend you don't even know this car. Sure, sis. To the car's owner either. Uh, my arm, Mrs. Meek. Oh, smart I'm still here, Dad. Oh, thank you, dear. But now you go on and meet your girlfriend. Daddy, I can't leave you when you're feeling low like this. Well, that's very sweet of you, dear. But now you go ahead. Because I am going on down to see your friend, the motor maniac. Oh, Ted, you're not. Yes, yes, dear, I am. And just as soon as I say a last cheerful goodbye to good old Bessie. Hey, Joe. Yeah? There's a sucker just pulled up at the curb. All right. No. He's headed for the motor maniac like all the rest of them. Doggone those honest, reliable automobile dealers anyway. Yeah. They ruin things for us. Hey, I'm going to try to steer him in here. You hang around. And keep awake. Okay, okay. Just because you got brains. <laughs> Hello, my friend. Hey, we've been expecting you. Oh, you, oh, you have? Well, but uh, I'm going across the street to the motor maniac. <laughs> the motor maniac. Just because he advertises on the radio. Well... Just because he makes with the flash. My friend, you owe it to yourself to stop in here first. Do you know that you're standing on the threshold of automotive opportunity? Find me, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> Through these portals pass the most beautiful cars in the world. Any minute now you will experience the thrill of a brand new, reconditioned, special super deluxe backfire straight eight. Oh, my gracious, I can never afford a backfire. Ah. <laughs> then you're looking for one of our special bargains in first-hand, second-hand cars. Oh. Uh, just look at this one. A genuine, rebuilt, streamlined Franistan. Oh, Franistan? I beg your pardon, but what is a Franistan? Well, for that matter, what's a Rolls Royce? But let's not get off the subject. No. This little beauty you see before you is one of the finest examples of the mechanical age. Completely rebuilt from the ground up to the running board. Uh, where shall we deliver it? Oh, now, please, you don't understand. You see, I don't want to buy a car right away. I just want to get this one fixed. What one fixed? The one I just got out of. Bessie here. My gracious, you're looking at my car as though it was the first car you ever saw. 
I think it is. Well, uh, what will it... How much will it cost to get it fixed? What's wrong with it? Well, I'm not sure, but I... That'll be just exactly $72.44. Very reasonable. $72.44. Don't forget the patch, Mac. Meek. Mortimer Meek. Well, I'm awfully sorry, but I can't pay that much. You say, anyway, all I think that's wrong with Bessie is a cracked spark plug. So if you just sell me a nickel's worth of wire to wrap around it, I think I could drive it right home. Ah, just a minute, sir. I couldn't think of letting you drive away without giving your car our free checkup. Free checkup? That's right, Mac. Me. Me. The checkup won't cost you a cent until you check up. Now, this fender, doesn't it seem a trifle loose? Well, I don't know, is it? Is it, he asked. Listen, Mac. Yeah, it does sound a little loose. Uh, well, look, you don't jump up and down on it now. Oh, oh my goodness, you broke it off. What was holding it on? Dental floss? <laughs> and now, this radiator. It's just hanging by a thread. Oh, you should have used two threads. <laughs> now, look at these now, tires. Just a minute, just a minute. If... How much would you charge to stop checking up on my car? Look, we'll skip the tires and check the body. Just look at that body. Well? It's balanced like the national budget. Oh. I'll cut it out, will you? Oh, my poor little Bessie. Now, as I was saying, you are in the market for another car, aren't you? Well, I guess I am now. Poor Bessie. Look, you, you see that she gets a decent burial. Don't you worry, Mac. I'll take care of everything. Now, cheer up. I can fix you up with a car you want in five minutes. Well, I'm not sure that I want... What's the matter? No money? Well, I have a little money, but... You Got a house, life insurance, a job, a watch, a set of false teeth? Oh, well... Then you're all set. Mm-hmm. Just leave your glasses and your overcoat with us for security. Now, you listen to me. Please. I, I can't possibly buy a car without my wife, my brother-in-law, and my daughter. You don't need the neighbor's approval? Well, well, don't you worry one little bit. You go ahead and browse around among the cars and pick out the one you want. But, mister... Relax, Mac, relax. But, mister... Brother, I... when your wife sees you drive home in that car, she'll love you to pieces. Hmm. Your daughter will climb upon your knee, and your brother-in-law... Oh, Yo, don't worry about my brother-in-law. He'll find something else to complain about. <laughs> well, lead on. I'll follow, said the little lamb being led to the slaughter. <laughs> But Eddie, if this time meek ain't loaded with dough, what good does it do us looking at the jalopy? You're missing the point, Joe. Did you see that car of his out in front? Yeah. It's a genuine road rocket. Hey, no kidding. Yeah. A real road rocket? Yeah. They really built motors into those babies. Now listen, I know an old guy with plenty of rocks who collects road rockets. We fix Meek's car up, get her running like a watch, and sell it for a couple of grand. A couple of grand? Meantime, we unload one of those other jalopies on Meek. Listen, you think you'll fall for one of them hand-painted pushmobiles? I'll make him fall. I'll give him the on-approval routine. Uh He can take the orange-colored crate home to show his family. On-approval. Only it breaks down when he brings it back. Sure. And even before he brings it back. And when he walks in... I shake my head sadly and say, Sorry, Mac, you wrecked it. Now you, you gotta, gotta buy it. <laughs> Great idea, Eddie. In the meantime, I go to work on his road rocket. And by tomorrow, I gotta fix so we won't recognize it. Right. And I unload it for two grand. Well, wish me luck, partner. I'm ready to fleece the land. <laughs> So, Mac, my partner and I have decided to let you take out one of our superb reconditioned models on approval. Well, but what if my family don't like it? Then you just bring the car right back here, and you'll be under no obligation at all. Well, that sure sounds fair enough. It sure does. Of course, if anything should happen to the car while you had it, you uh, naturally would be responsible. Oh, naturally. You're a careful driver, I take it? Yeah, very careful. Fine. Now... Uh, how do you like this model, Mac? Pretty gay and fancy, eh? Well, it, it certainly looks snappy. 
Just you step in and try that upholstery. Yes. Oh, my gracious. Don't those springs feel wonderful? Yes, and they look good, too. If this one's kind of sticking up. We'll give you an allowance for that. Well, I'd rather have a patch for my pants. I'll tell you what, Mac. Eh? You drive the car home. Let your family see it. If they like it, and I know they will, drive it back, and we'll throw in a two-pants suit to bind the bargain. What do you say, Mac? Eh, well, well, okay, but I still like seat springs that are under the seats. Peggy, Peggy. Oh, over here, dear. Why, Dad, where on earth did you get the, the car? Oh, well, how do you like it, dear? Ooh, that color. It looks like one of Uncle Louie's neckties. Mm. Well, you, you, you haven't bought it, have you? Well, just on approval, Peggy, just on approval. Well, I, for one, don't approve. And when Mother sees it... Yes, she... I was afraid of that. Oh, well, we'll we show it to her, and then I can take it back. Oh, I'm glad of that. I'd hate to have to wear dark glasses all the time. Mm. Hiya, Peggy. Say, uh, 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 hey. Huh? Holy smoke. Morty, where did you get the snuffy car? <gasps> oh, deruly deru... Oh, this is more like it. <laughs> You like it, don't you, Uncle Louie? Like it? Oh, I'm crazy for it. <laughs> Brother! <laughs> Will I make time with all the classy tomatoes in this town in that grape? Oh, oh! You see what I mean about necktie, Dad? Yeah, I understand. <laughs> boy, oh boy, what a paint job. What a paint job. Why, it looks like a... It looks like a... a, a, a an orange sunburst. Yeah. Well, climb in here in the shade, Louie, and we'll drive home and show the sunburst to Agatha. But, Agatha, you told me to buy another car. Oh, yes, but I meant a motor car, not a circus car. Oh, Mortimer, how could you have bought this orange atrocity? Yeah, well, I didn't buy it, dear. I only took it on approval. The man said I could take it back if you didn't like it. Well, I certainly don't like it. Oh, Aggie, just when I had my Saturday night all planned. <laughs> I'm sorry, Louie, but we need a car that's more conservative. Well, then suppose we all drive back to the place and pick out a car that we all like. Uh, Mortimer, I can't now. Dinner's on the stove. But it'll be too late after dinner. Then we'll all go down tomorrow morning. And for heaven's sake, Mortimer, hide that, that thing in the garage before our neighbors see it. Morning, Joe. Good morning, Eddie. How do you like the way the boys have doctored up this old road rocket? Oh, boy, they really give it the work, didn't they? <laughs> you never know it was the one that little guy Meek drove in yesterday. Ah, it's got class, real class. Yeah. And it's going to bring us a couple of grand. I got that old guy that's messed about road rackets coming in this morning. Hey, I wonder how that little meat squeak made out in the doped-up jalopy we palmed off on him yesterday, <laughs> yeah? He'll probably come in with our wheels in his hand. It was stuck together with chewing gum. <laughs> You're telling me who chewed the gum? <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't look now, but ain't that meat driving up in that painted-over pushcart? It, it can't be. I know it can't, but it is. Well, uh, good morning, good morning. Um, I'm back, you see. I see. Yes, uh, well, this is my wife and my daughter, Miss Judy. What do you mean by trying to sell my husband this disgraceful-looking car? I, I'm sorry, madam. I thought you'd like it. Well, we don't. We loathe it. Uh, you understand how it is, don't you? They loathe it. But, uh, Mr. Meek, maybe if we change the color. Oh, speaking of color, now there's a lovely color on that car over there. Don't you think so, Peggy? Mm -hmm. Oh, I like the color, Mother, but the lines are pretty old-fashioned, don't you think? Uh, come, dear, I want to look at it. Uh, Mortimer, simply tell him we don't want the car. You simply tell him we don't... You. Uh, mister, uh, simply tell you, I mean, we simply don't want the car, like my wife says. Come over here, Daddy. Mother wants you to look at this car. Uh, yes, dear. Here, here, here are the keys to the car that you let me have on approval. Now, if you will excuse me, please. Uh, say, that is a nice-looking car, Agatha. Hey, hey, Eddie. Eddie, you gotta stop him. The car they're so nuts about is their own rebuilt road rocket. I know. That's bad. Yeah, that's bad. And if meat gets wise, there goes our profit. You get him away from that car, you hear? No, no, wait, Joe. They're interested in it. Okay. So we let them buy back their own car. 
Hey, what are you, completely nuts? Nuts, listen. Why should we discriminate against that poor little guy? His money's as good as anybody else's. Let me handle this. Gladly. Something tells me this is going to be a peculiar kind of sale. Well, my friends, how do you like this model? Oh, I think it's very aristocratic. Mm-hmm. We used to have a road rocket, an older model, of course, didn't we, dear? Yes, yes, we did. Hmm. What's up, Daddy? Well, I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. Well, sir, since the lady of the house seems to like the car so well, <laughs> if you'll just let your pen glide over the dotted line, you can drive this beautiful car right out. Uh-huh. Well, uh, how much are you asking? <laughs> it's practically a steal. I'm beginning to think so, too. And uh, how much did you say? Oh, we'll let it go for uh, $2,000. $2,000? dollars <laughs> You said, what was the asking price? Now I'll give you the selling price. One thousand dollars. Now, don't you feel better? One thousand dollars? Make it nine hundred and ninety dollars. We'll allow you ten dollars on the old wreck you drove in here. Yo, ten dollars for Bessie? Here, here. Uh, Let me convince you. Just wait until you hear this motor running. There. Just listen to her purr. My gracious, sure runs smooth. Even uh, smoother than uh, Bessie. Oh, Mortimer, can't you ever forget about that awful old car? Oh, but Agatha, dear, how can I ever forget Bessie? (laughs) Hmm. Something tells me that I'll never forget good old Bessie. (laughs) Mortimer, what is this? Uh, I'll cut the motor now. And uh, here's the contract. Oh, you just sign here. Young man, I won't sign there or anywhere else. Look, I want my old car back. I want Bessie. But this car is so much better than... I want Bessie. Mortimer, what's gotten into you? I think I know, Mom, and it's good. Now, look, be reasonable, Matt. Let's talk this over. No, let's not talk this over. Let's quit this shally-shilly. Let's quit this now and bring my old car out. I want to do a little comparing between the two models. I want to see Bessie side by side with this car. You give it to him, Daddy. Yes. Listen, mister, you better bring Bessie around. Yeah. When my father makes up his mind to something, he stays right with it. With it. And maybe you don't know about Mortimer Meat. <laughs> well, let me tell you a thing or two. Tell him about the time your testimony sent that gang of uh, blackmailers to prison, Daddy. Blackmailers to prison? To, pr- to prison, yes. Uh, well, I think the gentleman understands. Well, gosh, I... Or about the time you rounded up that gang of counterfeiters who threatened you with a bomb. Mm. Well, mister, do I get my old car back or not? Well, uh, uh, you see, uh, uh, that is... Uh, counterfeiters, uh, uh, a prison bomb. Uh, Mortimer! Uh, now, 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 let me handle this, dear. Well, sir, do I get my old car or should we all adjourn to the police station and have a talk about it, trespass and conversion? And the blue skylight. Yes. Oh, we bought it. No, Look, I'll give you exactly ten seconds. One, two, three. Okay. You win. Here, take your car. What? You mean this lovely car? Mother, it's good old Bessie. She's had her face lifted, her makeup changed, and she's wearing that new look. Of uh, course, Mac. Uh, sure. Of course, sir. Yes. You pay for the repair work done. Oh, well, gladly. It's, uh, I recall it, I came in for some wire for a spark plug. Oh, that'll be 25 cents. Hmm. Now, here you are, my man. Uh, 25 cents. Yeah, oh, yes. And uh, here is a dime for you. After all, you have gone to considerable trouble. Oh, Mortimer, I'm so proud of you. Thank you very much, dear. Thank you. Now, uh, get in, won't you? And uh, you too, Peggy. I'm gladly, Daddy. Father, you're wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Would you all mind leaving now? Gladly, Mac. Oh. Well, here we go. Come on, Bessie. Up on your wheels. And Mr. Meek is played by Forrest Lewis, Mrs. Meek by Viola Berwick, Peggy by Burl Vaughn, Louie by Cliff Sevier, Dr. Furmish by Sherman Marks, and Eddie by Burley. Lee.
Meet the Meat, is written and directed by Les Weinrod. Be sure to join us again next Saturday over these same stations when the National Broadcasting Company again invites you to Meet the Meat. This is John Weigel speaking. Those were the episodes Escort Bureau and The Used Car from Meet the Meeks. I hope you enjoyed our special Hump Day Happy Hour edition of the podcast. And if you did, please take a moment and give the podcast a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It really helps grow our listenership. We'll see you back here again next time for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Oh, God, those honest, reliable automobile dealers anyway.